I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, New York Times bestselling author and TV journalist. And this is Unchained TV's Voice America podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the solution to most of the problems that plague our world. And it's a solution mainstream media ignores, even though it only requires us to make one simple change. Want to know what it is and transform your life? Let's get started. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited and honored to be here with you today. And we're going to introduce Dr. Silas Rao of Climate Healers. And he is talking about COP27 happening right now in Egypt. And we call it COP out. Greta Thunberg is not going, calling it a greenwashing event. And neither is Dr. Rao, but Dr. Rao held an alternative weekend summit that talked about the solution of the climate crisis being ignored by all the world leaders converging on Egypt for COP27, the climate summit. Dr. Rao, take it away. What is the solution being ignored? Well, the solution uh, in, in any problem, uh, in the way I solve it is first I create a model for it. And then I understand how to solve that model in that model and then apply it to the real world, take the results from there and refine the model and keep going. This is how you build systems that work. Uh, we have known this for you know hundreds of years. Systems engineering has been around. And yet they are not doing that. They are just blindly saying either this or nothing, right? Either fossil fuels or don't do anything. So they are still serving meat, dairy, fish, and eggs in the cafeteria, completely ignoring that side of the problem. And to me, it's just mind-bogglingly um, irresponsible, okay? Because the only, I mean, according to my model, so I've got the climate bathtub model that I presented at COP26 in Glasgow and saying, you know, this is what I would do as an engineer. If it gave me this problem, I'd look at it and try to model it and then solve it in the model and then say, what do I need to do to apply it in the real world? And that is saying, go vegan as quickly as possible. Okay, It's saying, shut down the killing machine as quickly as possible because and again, it's also common sense, right? So if you see the planet is dying around you, why are we having a killing machine that's killing 80 billion land animals and one to three trillion sea animals every year unnecessarily? I mean, does it require anything more than common sense to say shut down the killing machine because the planet is dying around you? And yet they don't even see that. It's just, it, to me, it's just uh, utterly irresponsible behavior on the part of our so-called world leaders. And, uh, you know, and I can't continue with that. I cannot continue playing along with them, you know. Uh, we, we have to do this ourselves, and we have to start implementing a solution, and then uh, they'll come along eventually when they see that no one's listening to them anymore. Because uh, I think they deserve to be ignored right now. Don't take them seriously, please. So I want to say, first of all, this is our first opportunity to simulcast on our streaming network, Unchained TV, as well as our homepage, UnchainedTV.com. And that little circle you see is Voice America Radio. It's also being simulcast on Voice America Radio. And we learn as we go. So we'll have a nice little Voice America radio banner for the next time we do this. But let me say this, uh, here's the essence of it. COP26, which happened not so long ago in Glasgow, Scotland, um, served meat and dairy. And the Washington Post, which is not a vegan organization by any means, wrote an article, and this is what they said. Hungry in Glasgow, the COP26 menu comes carbon counted. Now, against a lot of advice from vegan organizations and environmental organizations, some of them anyway, um, the organizers were urged not to serve meat because of the high carbon footprint. Nonetheless, they did so. Uh, here's what the Washington Post wrote. 
The campaign group Animal Rebellion said that serving meat and dairy products at a climate summit was tantamount to serving cigarettes at a lung cancer conference. Some of the delegates pouring over menus right before supper time on a recent day were alarmed by the choices. I was shocked when I came here and saw all these, said Peter Odrich, 20, a delegate from Germany who was referring to the meat options. He was eyeballing a menu at the fish and chips stand and opted for the tempura broccoli, the only vegetarian option on that menu. This is the... Washington Post, again, want a Scottish beef burger? It's unclear that what it's unclear what that will set you back calorie wise. And who's to say if you'll get darting glances from vegans dining nearby. But the burger has been calculated to have a 3.9 kilogram CO2E rating. That's much higher than the Scottish beetroot and broccoli salad, which is 0.2. So essentially, uh, the Washington Post, which is not a vegan organization, is calling out the climate conference in Glasgow saying, why the hell did you serve meat when meat has such a higher carbon price tag? You put the price tags right there on each and every item. And then nonetheless, they come back in Egypt now. It's starting today. It's underway today. World leaders converging. And they're serving meat and dairy again. Now, right. here's what the headline says. The headline says, world on highway to climate hell. UN Chief Guterres tells COP27, humanity must cooperate or perish in the face of climate change effects. So they're saying it's a crisis. The world's going to hell. That's not my word. That's the word of the head of the United Nations. And yet they are continuing to serve meat and dairy products, Dr. Rao. Yeah, I mean, they're basically causing it to happen, you know, according to my models. I'm, you know, I says, in, in any project, you have to really figure out uh, what you're implementing and, um, and then see that it matches reality, right? It's a standard engineering practice. And they're not following even engineering 101 practices. It's just, I mean, I'm just appalled at the either the incompetence or their complete lack of care for the people and all life on the planet. You know, so it's, it is just, uh, this is why I say I'm not going. I'm boycotting this anymore from now on until they have a completely vegan menu and they start talking about animal agriculture seriously. Not just one day among the 12 days or 14 days. You know, they, one day they, and then that too, they include it with adaptation. Adaptation in agriculture is on November 13th, apparently. And I said, just one day. And then give us, uh, give all the NGOs a small pavilion to go sit in. You know, talk among yourselves. This is not serious behavior of someone who is trying to actually solve the problem. So what's the point of saying we are all going to hell in a handbasket if you're not going to address the solutions? So why, why is it? Because let's face it, the fossil fuel industry is very, very powerful as well. Mm -hmm. But they seem to have no problem addressing the fossil fuel industry. Um, and yet they have a huge problem addressing the animal agriculture industry, which of course is very much tied into the pharmaceutical industry because we wouldn't need a lot of those pills, the statins, the cholesterol lowering drugs, the erectile dysfunction drugs, all those drugs that they're making billions off of. Um, a lot of that would just collapse if people switch to a healthy plant-based diet. Um, right. So why are they so afraid of hitting animal agriculture when they're going after fossil fuels, which is the obviously the gas industry, the oil industry, like crazy. Yeah, they're going after fossil fuels because um, when you frame it as just a fossil fuel issue, there is nothing that people can do, ordinary people can do, because they're stuck, right? So you have to get to your work. Um, so you have to either take a bus or drive a car, and you're not going to change that. Um, you can't just keep walking everywhere, right? So people are stuck. Uh, they, I mean, look at the, I mean, even the COP27 summit, right? People are coming from all over the world to Egypt, flying on planes, and they claim to be talking about fossil fuels. I mean, all the leaders are coming in 
private jets. Okay, and uh, I, what they did in Glasgow was they came in, they flew in on private private jets, and then they had a whole retinue of uh, uh, sports utility vehicles to carry them from the airport to wherever they're going, but from their hotel to wherever they're going, and but these are gas guzzlers. Yeah. So even fossil fuels, they may be talking about it, but they're not being serious about it. And they'll tell you, oh, we offset it. Okay. We we threw some money at somebody and said, go plant some trees for me. You know, that's not seriousness. Okay. And so this is uh, the reason it's being framed as a fossil fuel issue is because then it puts people uh, in a out of commission, they cannot really do anything about it. But once you address it uh, honestly, and you see that animal agriculture has such a leading um, impact on the climate, then people can do something about it right away. Okay? And when people do something about it right away, the whole thing collapses. That's their problem. Okay? I mean, they are trying to grow the economy. They tell you that too. They're trying to grow the economy and get out of fossil fuels. Mm. You know, you can't do both. You cannot grow the economy and solve climate change. Climate change is basically saying you're done with this phase where it's all about growth, growth, growth. You've already grown the economy beyond what the planet can sustain. We've got a caller, Rebecca in Texas. Your question or thought for Dr. Rao. Thank you. I'm wondering, Dr. Rao, if you could say, well, what is it about animal agriculture that is causing climate change? I mean, what's the major part of raising animals that causes the climate change? Well, there are several things about animal agriculture that causes climate change. Uh, number one, the animals themselves breathe out um, methane, right? So a lot of ruminants, uh, they eat food and they have four stomachs. So they eat food, they digest it in one stomach, and then they regurgitate it and put it, chew it again and put it back into another stomach. And when they regurgitate the food, they emit a lot of methane. Methane is a greenhouse gas that's, on an instantaneous basis, it's 150 times more powerful than carbon dioxide. So, and it is, I mean, it's incredibly, the estimate is that methane alone has caused more than half of the heating. That we are causing, that we have caused today. Okay, um, so that's one major reason why animals, animal agriculture, is the leading cause of climate change. But the number one reason, the major reason, is because of all the land that we use for raising animals. So we have chopped down half the trees on the planet, folks, over the last ten thousand years. So there used to be six trillion trees, and now there are only three trillion trees left. And we cleared all those trees mainly to raise animals for food. And so when you cut down all the trees, the trees were storing carbon dioxide and you just sent that all up into the atmosphere. Right now on land, there is three times as much carbon dioxide as the atmosphere. And we are complaining that the atmosphere has 30% more carbon dioxide than it used to have 200 years ago. And that's what's causing climate change. That's the main story that we're being told. Well, if you just put 10% more carbon dioxide on land, you can reverse that, right? So that's just third grade arithmetic. And so if you cut half the trees on the planet and still it's storing three times as much carbon dioxide as the atmosphere, can you not reverse climate change by bringing back the trees that you cut? Of course you can. Yeah, any child can figure this out. Of course you can. All right, we've got another caller, Donnie, in New York City. Your question or thought for Dr. Silas Rao, founder of Climate Healers, who's boycotting COP27 in Egypt as a cop out. Uh, Hi, Dr. Rao. So I know that COP27 is just starting, but at COP26, did did any of the organizers or leaders actually come out and say, stop eating meat or eliminate, you know, or reduce your meat consumption? And the second part of my question is, do we think that they avoid the subject because they themselves are still eating meat? Yeah. Thank you, Donnie. Yeah, I mean, that's the big problem, Donnie. Uh, it is, I, I mean, no leader of significance ever came out and said that, okay? Um, of course, I, you know, I could say that I don't consider them leaders if they're not going to tell us the truth, right? But, but they are the titular leaders of the planet, and they didn't come out and say that. In fact, they had a banquet dinner. 
and and the banquet dinner was you know <laughs> full of meat and dairy too so it is uh, this is why they don't talk about it because they are doing it they are actually doing it and uh, maybe they really don't care that's what james cromwell said right they he said they're not trying to kill us they just don't care that we die but why then have a climate conference why go out of your way to say you're trying to solve the problem let me ask you a question and i don't want to get into the exact numbers because that's a rabbit well i don't want to say rabbit hole is that species that's a vortex that's quicksand right. but obviously in the united nations itself said in 2006 livestock's long shadow a report that animal agriculture is responsible for more greenhouse gases than all transportation combined uh that was their report called livestock's long shadow mm-hmm. are they pretending that they don't know or are they confused because if they do know and they're suppressing the information and yet they're saying flat out that we are on the road to climate hell that's not my words that's their words from cop 27 right now then that's evil i mean that's a crime against humanity against every species on the planet if they have the solution and they're not revealing it well it's the same thing no that we do with the protein myth it's still there in textbooks all over the world the protein myth and the calcium myth uh, and they know it's not true do they not know that that protein is available in every plant food do they not know that calcium is available in a lot of plant foods of course they know that yet they don't re- tell that to children right and they're still going along with the protein myth and the calcium myth why because they want you know i mean do they really want everyone to have diabetes and heart disease isn't that evil that you're making them eat bad food so that they get sick so you look at this and you say well this has been going on for a long time and yet we didn't notice it at that time it was just individuals who were getting sick okay now the entire planet is getting sick and the planet is saying no more and if we continue with the same um, mindset of you know we have to keep doing what we are doing and keep growing what we are growing what we are doing because every corporation wants to grow so it's so economic growth is like front and center for everybody okay and they keep saying you know we have to grow the economy and solve climate change i'm sorry you can't do both you have to rethink everything you have to think about I mean, do we not take enough from the planet? Do we need more from the planet? What is left for the animals? Well, I like the phrase "human supremacy," and uh, human supremacy is that the only thing that matters is what humans want. And mm-hmm. we see this in every day. I just read that in a park here in Los Angeles, they poisoned the rabbits and the squirrels. Right. Oh, they became inconvenient for somebody, and boom, they're going to just wipe them out. The problem is it's going to come back to bite us when the, when we destroy all the wild animals two out of three bites of food come from bee pollination when we destroy all that we are going to have a serious crisis we're already in the midst of a serious crisis I interviewed a water expert who was not a vegan activist I don't even know if he's vegan he said guess what you're going the choice is going to come down do you want a glass of water or do you want a burger because animal agriculture uses so much water and it's never discussed in the media what do they talk about the almond trees well we have something like 2 million cows here in california that are drinking a huge percentage of water and polluting a lot of the water there's a controversy right now about point reyes national seashore where our own agencies of government are siding with the dairy industry and um literally starving the tule elk of water in order to uh fence those animals off so that the dairy cows can um take all that area for the dairy industry that doesn't even bring in the same amount of money as the tourists who go there to swim and to see the tule elk two things that are being decimated by the dairy industry and our agencies of government in liberal hypothetically progressive California are siding with the dairy industry against their own interests So that's just one example. Um I I just want to um go to this example. Recently, 
um, there was a trial involving uh, two activists from Direct Action Everywhere who went into a factory farm and uh, took out some two piglets that they argued successfully in court were sick. The video inside is so awful that we can't really show it to you, but here is uh, the trial. There are the two defendants on the right and one of their attorneys on the left, and Wayne Shung, the gentleman to the right, defended himself. So uh, there was a change of venue because of what, um, essentially because of what law enforcement in the original town, which was a company town, was saying to people who came there to Utah to uh, leaflet and talk. And I want to play this because we talk about the United Nations uh, ignoring it. We talk about the U.S. government ignoring it. But it goes all the way down to the local level where uh, a law enforcement officer was talking to a, a leafleter who came there to leaflet, and here's what he said. You have to have a permit. Permit to, to, uh, for a sidewalk? Let me get my camera on too. Sure. Okay. You're not to this be- This is not a good look. You're not, you're not to be spreading. This is not a good look. You're not supposed to be down here. This is public property. You're not to be down here doing this. Do you realize? Do you realize that your your company caused a problem in our community? Do you have anything relevant to say to me? Yes, I do. Okay. I've asked you to stop. Okay, I'm on public property. You need to stop. Okay. You need to stop. Do you realize you're not wanted in this community, and you've been asked to leave? I don't care. I know you don't care. That's the problem with your group. You just don't care about people or anybody. Do you understand? You've been asked to leave. All of this for handing out some flyers. This is how much all promotion. Of because, all of this because your, your group has, has been a direct influence on shutting down Smithfield Foods. You don't realize that's the major employer in our county. You don't think and I know that? Lot, there's a lot of people that have lost their jobs, and you come into this community and pour salt into the wounds of the people that have lost their jobs. It's not okay? the intent. You need to stay. Well, I don't care what the intent is. What you're doing is causing a disturbance in the community. I'm not and trying yes, to cause a disturbance. Well, I'm just trying are. to have conversations okay, with people. You are. And if people don't want to talk with me, I say thanks okay. for your time and okay, I'm on with your day. Fine. Okay. I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to tell people not to talk to you. Then fine, do that. Okay. This is great content for us. Absolutely ridiculous. This is, oh, is it this ridiculous? is very anti-free speech. I just bring that up because it goes all the way down to the local level. You know, it's not just the, the federal government. It's not just the United Nations. It's not just the state government. Right down to the local level, uh, all the agencies that are in power are trying to stop people from talking about what is destroying the planet, Dr. Rao. Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's systemic, right? So if you think about it, they're saying, you know, care about people, don't care about the animals, right? So that's their message. Don't care about the animals. But the thing is, when you say, I don't care about the animals, you should expect someone above you not to care about you. And that's exactly what's going on, right? So you have a system where People are saying, I don't care about animals. I'm going to just kill them. And then they're shocked that climate change is going to kill us and our leaders are not doing anything about it. Well, We've we have to do something about caring. We have to care for the animals. Uh, I want to go to this caller, Tammy in Alberta, Canada. Your question or thought for Dr. Silas Rao. Thank you, Jane. <clears throat> Dr. Rao, thank you very much for your work. Well, I live in Canada where, uh, Alberta, Canada, it's kind of like the Texas of Canada, where there's lots of ranching going on, lots of cattle, um, lots of our land being used for that. And what they're doing is they're killing off everything that's wild, uh, including all the wolves. And then what happens is, is the ecosystem gets completely out of balance. So now they're saying, we have too many deer wandering around. We have this, we have that. And I noticed that so many people are raised, uh, young children even, to be afraid. Like when they see a moose, they're afraid or they're absolutely terrified. And, and the news is making it out that these coyotes are 
so dangerous and they're killing off all our pets. And I, I just, I'm really appalled, you know, like I remember reading something by, um, by a, a naturalist many, many years ago. And it said, if, you know, if a child's to keep their, and I'm a vegan grandmother and, and if a child's to keep their wonder of nature alive, they have to have one adult that will help them do that. And I'm just not seeing the adult step out for that. And instead, we're making nature something to conquer. And, you know, our wild animals are almost gone. And, uh, and, and people are getting paid to kill off all the wolves here. And we're almost pretty well all our wolves are gone. Most of our bears are gone on the prairie. And, and they, and they feel good about it. They say it's very compassionate because we're making sure that we, we kill the whole pack when we do it. So that, you know, there's not babies left behind, little, little, um, so that's that's so I'm I'm totally on board that we have to stop animal agriculture. I mean, once our wild animals are gone, we're gone, and um, I'm grateful for the work uh, both of you are doing. I'm deeply grateful. Thank you. Wow. Oh my God. Sobering. 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 Yeah. I, thank you, Tammy. I just, uh, you know, there are no words, and what she said is absolutely right. Anytime there's a coyote. In this area, people are like, oh, my God, watch out. There's a coyote. Meanwhile, they're trying to wipe out the last coastal wetlands here where the coyotes and the foxes and the owls and the egrets and the cormorants and the pelicans leave, live. And uh, we're actually uh, part of this battle to stop the fake restoration. This is the ultimate in greenwashing. Greta Thunberg said COP27 is a greenwashing event. Well, now they're saying we're going to restore the wetlands here in LA, the Biona Wetlands Ecological Reserve, by bulldozing it for nine years. Uh, you know, it, it, it's beyond comprehension Orwellian, and it's happening everywhere. It's it's truly scary. And what can we do to turn it around? There have been many points in human history, maybe, you know, in the throes of World War II, where we said, oh my God, what's going to happen to the world? And somehow, um, the forces of good prevailed. Can we prevail? We're going to take a very short break here on Voice America Radio, but we're staying live on Facebook. Back in a second. Stay with us. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Welcome back to Unchained TV on Voice America Radio. I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, and you are now re entering a portal to a transformative way of living. back top of the half hour with dr silas rao founder of climate healers he is a systems analyst um i personally consider this gentleman a genius 
He is a PhD from Stanford. He worked at one of the biggest uh, tech companies for years. He was instrumental in facilitating the acceleration of internet speeds. And he has decided to tackle climate change. And basically your, your basic premise, Dr. Rao, is that the big piece of the puzzle, animal agriculture's impact on the climate is being ignored by those at COP27 in Egypt and all the official environmental groups, essentially. I mean, uh, there, there are environmental groups that are starting to really incorporate the plant-based message, but a lot of them are not. And we're doing this, we're ignoring this aspect at our own peril. So um, bring us up to date on what you think the alternative is. What could yeah. we do right now to start really tackling the problem? Yeah, to me, the... Uh, the the systems model is telling us that you need to get to a vegan world as quickly as possible. In fact, the sooner the better. If we can do it today, we have a magic wand and everyone goes vegan and starts eating plant-based foods, then you can say, well, how are they going to get the food? You know, who is going to grow the food? Uh, how much money are they making growing the food? And I'm saying, no, those are secondary concerns. Money to me is something that we as human beings sort of created among ourselves to do transactions. You can do things without money too, right? So there are lots of things going on that are being done without money as a transaction. So you don't need a market uh, mechanism to actually uh, thrive on this planet. Okay? So you have to create other ways of, uh, of bringing uh, resources to bear on a problem and solving the problem, whatever okay. the problem is. I want to so go. Sorry to interrupt you, but when we get these callers, we want to take them before they run off and do something else in our ADD culture. We got Michael in Los Angeles. Your question or thought? Yeah. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Dr. Rao. Um, yeah, I wanted to tell you how frustrating this is for me. I uh, I received the calendar from my pharmacy the other day, and it's already, you know, for 2023 already coming up, and every page has a recipe for some kind of a, a meal with and you know with meat, dairy, or or honey, or whatever, you know. It's just disgusting. And uh, I just wanted to point out, I don't know if it's been pointed out yet so far, but uh, how Big Pharma is, is entrenched with animal agriculture right. and how that's a serious problem. They have so much money. And what, what can yeah. we do, you know? Thank you, yeah, Basically, we, you know, we are focusing on the disease model and we are saying we are making money off diseases, so let's grow that. So we, they keep growing the diseases and they... <laughs> And people are getting sicker and sicker. And the planet is getting sicker and sicker. And so uh, we have to now uh, put our foot down and say, we are going to feed ourselves healthy food. We are not going to fall into this sick sickness model. We're going to heal ourselves. And then we heal the planet. Right? So I say for that, what do you need to do? Well, make sure that healthy food is freely available to every human being on the planet. This is why I see that as one of the biggest parts of the solution is having healthy food freely available to every human being on the planet. And it should be joyous. It's not something, it's not a handout. You know, what we are saying is that even uh, rich people are eating unhealthy food. They don't know how to eat healthy food because they have, we have all been miseducated on I what is healthy food. And I, I always hate to interrupt you, Dr. Rao. We've got quite a few callers here. Uh, we're going to go to Paige Parsons Roach. Your question for Dr. Rao. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciated you, this weekend's uh, conference that you had, the VCOP. And um, Gerard Bishop was speaking about regenerative grazing for climate, fact or fake. I hear a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of the messaging out there that says like regenerative agriculture to reverse global warming. Please, can you, can you help just, just put an end to this? What is the truth? I feel like we're just constantly being lied to, and now there's this whole conversation about, you know, kiss the ground, regenerative. What, uh, can you please make some sense of this for me? Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Paige. Yeah, that, uh, we, we, you know, I mean, in any, when anyone comes and says, I have a solution, and this is a solution to climate change, regenerative agriculture is a small solution to climate change, uh, regenerative animal agriculture. I say, okay, then let's put that in the model and see if it's a solution. And when you put that in the model, it's, you see it is not a solution because it's actually going to increase the emissions of methane 
and it's going to use more land for the same amount of animal uh, foods that you're growing, and you're not addressing the root causes of the problem at all. And uh, so, so it's you know, as soon as you put it to the test, it says it's not a solution. Then I say, why are we even looking at it? Well, and I'd like to say something else. The gentleman who is the brainchild behind the regenerative agriculture thought it was a good idea to kill tens of thousands of elephants in Africa because that was his last brainstorm. So anybody who does that, and he says it right on his TED Talk, it's the first thing he says. Uh, anybody who's done that, I think, uh, loses the privilege of coming up with other solutions uh, because that's absolutely horrific. We've got Annie in LA. Your question of thought for Dr. Rao. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, two powerhouses of a warrior, justice warrior heroes. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, uh, Dr. Rao. Uh, I know you do so much where you could be retiring and, and you do this for your beloved granddaughter. And I can't thank you enough. And your granddaughter, we're so blessed to have you both. And Jane. But my question is, how can we uh, reach out to people around the world that are feeling helpless or are confused mm -hmm. to take away that confusion? What can we do to tell them to realize that this is a dire emergency and there is something they could do about it right now, here and now, instead of feeling helpless and surrendering back to the confusion, which the industry does so well. Because I'm choking hearing all the beautiful questions from Tammy to, to Paige to, uh, you know, Rebecca to Michael. Everybody that spoke, I've been choking. All of it is true and much more. So well, what can we do to uh, empower people? wonderful question. And I have to jump in and say that's why we started Unchained TV, our global vegan streaming network. And this is the first show that is on live, not only on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, but also on our global streaming network, Unchained TV. We have to get out of the vegan echo chamber. How many times have you guys gone to something where you are looking around and it's a film about veganism and everybody there is already vegan? We need to reach other people. And it's not going to happen through mainstream media. Mainstream media, I'll give you one example. We had a reporter at COP26 in Glasgow, Scotland. She videotaped the scene. You saw vegan banners everywhere. She also went in and showed the meat and the high carbon price tag on the meat items that they were selling. If you look at mainstream media coverage, you will not see a vegan sign anywhere. They cut it out. They edit it out. That's why we started Unchained TV. Anybody who really cares, I urge you to download this app. You can download it right on your phone. It takes 30 seconds or less. You can do it right now. Here it is. It's right there. You download it for free and hundreds of videos come up that you can share with other people. Share a video with your cousin who's not vegan or who is, is sick because he's eating a fast food diet. Share the videos to educators or people of influence or email your email blast. We've got to get out of the echo chamber of talking to ourselves all the time. We already agree. We don't want this to be an exclusive club. We need to reach people who don't have this information. And that's why we do Unchained TV. So that's my answer. You can answer Dr. Rao as well. Yeah, no, I, I see we uh, we are reaching out beyond the echo chamber when we start giving out healthy food for free. So we do that in Santa Monica. We do that, you know, um, everywhere in the world that people are giving out healthy food for free. It's not just vegans who eat it, right? So, and that is the best way I see for us to reach out with love to our fellow human beings and say, you know, we have to heal ourselves first. And when we heal ourselves, we start healing the planet automatically because it's pretty much if we all start eating healthy food, healthy whole food, plant-based meals, then you're minimizing your footprint on the planet and the planet immediately starts healing herself too. So it's to me, it's common sense, right? <laughs> and when we, and then our body heals and the planet heals simultaneously. So I see food healers, the initiative of food healers, which is to give out healthy food for free. And now we are you know, enrolling more and more uh, organizations who, would, who are 
throwing open their commercial kitchens and saying, please come and cook. And you can, you know, volunteers come and cook and we go, go and give it out for free. So I want to jump in that, and we apologize, Dr. Rabbit. We've got another caller. Don't want to lose her. Nilofar in Dallas, Texas. Your question or thought for Dr. Rao. Um, hi, Dr. Rao. Um, I'm going to quote the comedy, Don't Look Up. I mean, the mm. sky is literally falling and nobody is looking up. In the last eight years, the, the heat has been going up in the world and nobody is still looking up. The pandemic happened and nobody is looking up. Um, that We are barreling towards destruction and everybody's got the blinders on. Thanks. Yeah, yeah Nilofar, but you know, uh, when we focus on those who are not looking up, we tell that story and we tend to amplify that story. When you focus on people who are looking up and who are actually doing something, you tend to amplify that side of the story. And that's the story we need to amplify now, right? So I'm saying, please focus on those who are looking up, who are taking action, like we are doing it, right? We are doing, we've been doing it now for a few months and you know, actually I've been working on this for 15 years, but uh, this particular Food Healers Initiative, I've been doing it for two years now, at least locally in Phoenix, and at least a year in Santa Monica. And now we want to launch it worldwide. And we're doing that on November 19th. And, um, you know, so that, when we focus on that, we amplify that. You know I, want I, mean? to, uh, I want to say November 19th. Now, if you want to get involved, you can go to food climatehealers.org, right? It's that easy, climatehealers.org. And we should put that up there in the comments. Um, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I want to say that when I first heard about it, I was not too excited about it because uh, believe it or not, my parents uh, experienced the Great Depression and, and they had t told some stories about uh, food lines and how upsetting it was. And uh, putting a cup out and and I just all those images came to mind and I thought why would I want to go somewhere and get free food I can afford to buy my own food I'm being honest okay mm -hmm. then when I went to the event it was a huge party it was fabulous everybody was enjoying themselves there was music people were dancing and it was 180 degrees different than what I thought it was going to be um, how do we convey to people that it's going to be this joyous celebration, that it's not based on, well, somebody's, you know, people don't like to be victims. Uh, mm -hmm. People don't want to consider themselves victims. I was watching a political show last night and they were talking about why this group and that group is responding uh, differently than people would expect to current events. And it's and somebody said, you know, people don't want to be called victims. They just want to feel empowered. So right. how do we show that this food healers movement is a party. It's about empowerment. It's not about somebody's in need, somebody's a victim. Right, it's an empowerment because we are implementing a solution to climate change. I mean, see, uh, climate change to me is not a, um, a problem. It's a signal. It's a signal from nature saying you're done with your old job. The job that we've been doing so far is we have been the climate heating species of the planet. And we've done a pretty good job of heating the climate. Okay, so we have to congratulate ourselves for heating the climate so that the earth will never go back another ice age again. And now we have overheated it a bit. And that's the signal from nature saying, now stop being a climate heater, become a climate healer. And that is a transformation. It's a transformation. Transformations are always painful, but they are exciting, they are challenging, and they can be joyful when you get out of the other side. I mean, I transformed myself in the sense that I was doing something and I changed what I'm doing, right? I'm much happier than I used to be. In fact, my granddaughter was one of the major factors in helping me transform. She- well, I, I, wanna, I wanna go to a clip now. We, you had a two day alternative conference to COP26 mm -hmm. um, and VCOP, and it was a virtual summit. I was very honored to be a part of it, and you had incredible speakers, but here was your keynote. We're just gonna take a tiny little sliver, and then it's exactly what you were talking about, discuss. By 2009, you know, I was one of the most depressed environmentalists on the planet because I thought there was nothing I could do. This is so, we're all stuck in this system. 
was driving us down down the chute but then i went to this sanctuary in the western ghats of india and i was um, struck by the perfection of nature so i was in awe of nature as a systems design all right so you were saying that you were very depressed and then you had this transformative experience and i know that the birth of your granddaughter kamaya who's so amazing was part of it tell us about that dr rao yeah i had this transformative experience in the sanctuary of but uh, feeling that nature is absolutely perfect as a system design i mean i was just, i mean i appreciate systems right because i've been trained in systems for uh, throughout my career and so i saw the perfection of nature and then i felt like we are the only species that doesn't seem to belong in that story so why don't we belong and when my granddaughter was born she basically convinced me that we belong exactly as we are and that we are not yet seeing through the the what we have been doing so far okay so we have been heating the climate and that's the story i then synthesized we have been heating the climate because that's what nature wanted there is nothing in nature that's a mistake you're not a mistake you belong exactly as you are so i say that we need to acknowledge our role that we have been playing a role in nature and that we we were heating the climate and now we can become a climate healing species and maintain the climate harmonize it and maintain it on behalf of all animals all life on earth for the rest of creation so basically you know as soon as we admit that we are changing the climate of the planet we own the climate of the planet okay we have a responsibility to other species to maintain the climate of the planet so and that assuming that responsibility is no longer about rights you know it's not my right your right you know we are fighting over rights and so on no you have responsibilities then you have to figure out how to meet those responsibilities see from until now when we were in the climate heating um, phase it was all about how much can you grab for yourself you know it's all about everyone trying to grab much as much as they can for themselves and accumulating it right and now you say you are in you have a joint responsibility as a species then you have to figure out what whatever i grab how can i use it to fulfill my responsibility i say now, congratulations you grabbed a lot now fulfill your responsibilities with that okay so, i'm so going to not... play devil's advocate for a second because i agree with 99% of what you're saying however um again We uh, we did a documentary on you that's on Unchained TV called Countdown to Year Zero, and that basically said we have to transition to a plant-based culture by 2026, or we're going to be in the midst of a climate apocalypse. And we see at COP 27, the world leaders are serving meat and dairy; they're ignoring the whole animal agriculture aspect of climate change, even though they did a report back in 2006 that said that animal agriculture is responsible for more greenhouse gases than all transportation combined. Okay, now we have this technology. I use this analogy. Uh, you see photos of New York before the electric car came along, and for, before the mm-hmm. um, electric carriage came along before the car came along packed with horses horses being abused left right and center tragically there are still some horses uh being abused uh, because carriage horses still exist but obviously it wasn't the primary it's no longer the primary mode of transportation and then the car comes along and you look a couple of years later those horses are gone they're not charging through the streets of new york city Okay it's a it's a sea change what change technology so when i see these technological advancements in alternative proteins mm-hmm. that are bringing in a an alternative that can be mass produced in these giant vats fermented just like they ferment beer or cheese i personally think that's the solution now Uh, are you saying that's not the solution because i also know with 8 billion humans we can't talk to everybody one on one we certainly can't feed 8 billion people this november so how i mean is there a way to incorporate these technological advances into your thesis yeah basically that's a transition technology right what you are doing as i said nothing that we are doing is out of place nature has 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 been doing things through us okay so Uh, yeah continue doing that i'm not saying don't do that 
but also listen, your, our leaders are already telling us that we're in an apocalypse. So they're doing the job of uh, raising the alarm, sounding the alarm. And I'm just here, you know, coming up with models and saying, okay, if your solution is just, um, uh, you know, plant-based meats, and then you're going to plug, we can plug that into the model and say, how is that faring as a solution? Okay, let's say that with plant-based meats, we are able to eliminate animal agriculture, but we are still in the same old model of growth. Well, what will that do to the biodiversity of the planet? What will that do to well, uh, the... Uh, can I just, can I respond? And it's not like a debate. I just, I really, yeah. you know, I've always been very taken when I interview these people is that the resources that these uh, products use are very minimal. I mm. mean, uh, literally, like, for example, the microalgae, that is something that it exists naturally in nature and they can just basically harvest it from everything. And right. um, so it, it's really um, much more like exponentially less um, resource intensive than right. meat. So wouldn't that, I just think that would fold in. Uh, I, I have a lot of hope for those just having interviewed these folks who are coming up with this stuff. And uh, also, frankly, um, ha having talked to people for decades who are otherwise intelligent and caring people and who seem, no matter what, to want their pound of flesh, this gives them that simulation and they, they could have it. They could have it, but they'll still get their diabetes, their heart disease and all these other diseases, right? And I mean, you could say it's their problem, they'll figure it out, they'll go to the hospital, but you're still in the same model. So that's all I'm saying. You're still in the same model of, making money of diseases. And as long as we are always making money of diseases, there will be someone who will want to make money of planet's diseases. Anyway. Well, I love it. I love, I just love to, uh, you know, approach different things because we all have different views that are, are, you know, marginally different or there are little pieces of the puzzle. What you're doing, Dr. Rao, is absolutely extraordinary. You are my hero. That's why I did a documentary about you called Countdown to Year Zero. You can watch Countdown to Year Zero for free on Unchained TV. And it really tells the story of Dr. Rao's transformation from a high-tech uh, engineer uh, who was doing cutting-edge work to um, now doing absolutely cutting-edge work uh, to save the planet. So everybody watch that, go to climatehealers.org and check that out. Uh, we've really, really got to get everybody involved. Dr. Rao, thank you so much for joining us for the hour. See you next time, every Monday here on Voice America Radio. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.